Hello and welcome to Cinema Span. We are covering the films of 2007. Uh, today, we have the first episode of Black Cinema Month. Yep, yep. Joining me is Jay. Hello, everybody. Uh, you can find Jay. Uh, he's got a YouTube channel called The Loft, where he talks video games, sometimes with guests such as me. Yep, sometimes, you know, I'll catch him in the loft before I get home, and he's like, hey, man, I've been waiting for you, even though I know it's a damn-ass <laughs> lie, but, you know, we work together consistently. Yes, we have a second YouTube channel, The Loft. Make sure you check it out if you're interested in games or any commentary that would yeah. make you laugh, you know. Um, and I also have a YouTube channel, Nico Mac. That's just my personal channel. I post my thoughts and talk shit about shit I think I know about. If that makes sense. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you can find all that in the episode description as always. Um, today, our first film is Are We Done Yet? Directed by Steve Carr. Beautiful. Second film is Norbit, uh, not, which we will so beautiful. get to as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, Are We Done Yet? is a sequel to Are We There Yet? Mm-hmm. Um, also mm-hmm. uh, a comedy film starring Ice Cube. Um, although Are We... There yet is an original script. Are we done yet? Is actually based off of a '40s comedy right, uh, right. called "Mr. Blanding's Builds His Dream House," um, and it was also remade in the '80s as "The Money Pit" with Tom Hanks, which probably oh, more okay. people actually yeah, know of. That one sounds more familiar. Yeah, right. Um, but uh, it's this is just such a bizarre type of film. Um, I mean, essentially, what's going on here is um, you know, Ice Cube is moving out to the suburbs with his family and just bought a bad house that needs renovations on mm-hmm. literally everything that, that you could imagine. Um, very, it, I feel like it pays very good homage to, uh, are we there yet? Cause actually I watched it again today. Just yeah, yeah. And it reminds me a lot of his, uh, his Lincoln navigator that he has. And he loves so much, but by the midway of the film, it's completely fucking destroyed and like, Oh yeah. Well, and, and with, are we uh, there yet? You know, it's just a big road trip, right? Mm -hmm. He's, he's taking the kids along in this, in in this. Yeah. yeah, Um, but that Lincoln man is, I, I always love trying to touch on the things that are very 2007. And and that is it. It is because today that would be a Cadillac Escalade. Um, but they are essentially the same car, right? Like, but they just had the different status, you know, symbols at the time. Right. Yeah. And how it kind of swapped up and superseded. Yeah. But I always, uh, speaking back on, are we uh, done yet? That's what I kind of, it reminded me why it's okay for movies to be like campy and tropey. Oh yeah. Because it's like, <laughs> I mean, I won't, I won't are we there yet? Yeah. You mean the first one or, or no, both, both of them. Both okay. Of them. Yeah. yeah. Because like, it's just that the trope evolves to a different dilemma. Right. Yeah. So rather that's why I brought up the navigators, like the metaphorical pre evolution to ice cube, getting himself into another situation. And it's like, Definitely. Oh shit. What is ice cube going to do when he moves into <laughs> the suburbs? But not only the suburbs, the house is a disaster. Exactly. It's like, you're like, uh, okay, like people go through this. This is normal, but because of the tropes in play, it's elevated to a sense where you're like, I can actually watch this movie all the way through. You well, know? and this is something that I, so I don't think Are We Done Yet is as good as uh, Are We There Yet. Yeah, yeah um, I but I do like when a comedy movie will try to build a world on its own absurdism, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, instead of just like like Norbit feels like it's <laughs> it's like trying to be a normal movie yeah. and then just like what the hell is going on all around it like yeah. there there are absurd things but like 
the actual cause and effect isn't absurd. Mm-hmm. And in here, everything is played like a cartoon. Right. I mean, are, are we done yet? Literally starts with a cartoon intro of ice cube, just getting thrown around by the title credits. Yeah, yeah. Um, and every kind of scenario, which is like, again, reminding you, this is the tone of what it is. Mm-hmm. Don't take it too seriously. Right. Um, although it, it, it is like, I think blades of glory is a little more successful with this type of thing. Oh, um, absolutely. Where but, they just take their absurdism and really run. Yeah. But I think that that's, what's really uh like, and I had to get super meta in my mind about this. I may be reading too much into it. I really don't think I am, but I feel like what, uh, like, are we done yet? Didn't do in comparison of like blades of glory and stuff like that. Is it, are we done yet? Is very like white humor. You know oh what yeah. I'm saying? Well, so and, and very broad yeah, too, right? Yeah. So that's why I think it's very. Uh, it's not like it's like super important. It's not revolutionary or anything, right. but it is very interesting because traditionally that type of humor is for those uh, you know specified or almost segregated audiences. Definitely. Because if you compare, if you were to ask, you know, a black person favorite movie of all time in like a comedic sense. Someone's definitely going to say Friday. Absolutely. But if you ask somebody else, you know, and I can, I, exi- I exist on both spectrums because it's like, shit, you might ask me and I might say Step Brothers is honestly fucking iconic as shit. But yeah, then on another day, I'll be like, bro, damn. Friday was, the dialogue is really fucking good. But it's, they're like separated just by that, that thin line of, uh, I don't want to say like, racial segregation but just the lanes in which no, they were in at it, the time and i do think you know? you know it's worth like mentioning like you know there's eight decent comedy films in this year that like you know we're, we're there to cover and they all have white leads mm-hmm. you know and like it's like these are kind of the two only like big com- comedic uh that, like films with, with black leads i right. i found and, and you have to imagine how much harder it was for them to even get these projects going and, you know, did they have more scrutiny uh, from the, the studio executives who were just worried about it not being broad enough and saying, okay, I know that's a good joke, but cut it. Let's just play something a little safer. Right, yeah, something something that would play ball in, like, a family audience. Yeah, especially because this is still the era where if you didn't make all your money on the box office, you can make your money on DVD sales. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, you know, essentially, like, Are We Done Yet was already – like they, they did the math. They were like, are we there yet is selling so well on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. If we just make another movie and double pack them together, like we'll sell even more copies of like both of these. Films. Right. Yeah. And so, so kind yeah. of alleviate that concern of right. Box office sales and such. Yeah. Right. But it still does feel very sanitized and commercial, it, it, which is a bit upsetting. You, In know, a way, you, you would, yeah. you would hope that safety net would let them take bigger risks, but instead they're just trying to reach as many people as they, they can right. still through it. You know? Yeah, and with more attention comes more scrutiny, especially with movies. Of course, back then, I don't think it was the case like that. Like, nobody, critics weren't looking to uh, to make sure that the black people in the movie weren't uh, tropey enough or they were too tropey, so to speak. Then movies, at least in my opinion, maybe it's because I was a fucking kid and mm-hmm. I wasn't very critical on films in that way, but I think uh, it wasn't really something that was necessarily thought of, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Are We Done Yet also starts with, uh, like, one of my favorite cliches. I've already pointed this out in uh, Knocked Up as well, but it uh, starts with an alarm clock going off, and Ice Cube's got to hit the clock, you know? Yep. Just on that grind. Uh, we get Ice Cube's, like, opening narration. He's basically revealed that the uh, sports memorabilia store that he ran in the first movie, mm-hmm. uh, he has now sold his part of, and he's trying to start a sports magazine. Mm-hmm. But he's having classic writer's block. It's so funny because, like, 
the cover of his magazine is Michael Jordan. And he's like, and it's, it's, it's not even that, like, he doesn't know Michael Jordan. He doesn't know how to act, like even get to him. Mm. And then he doesn't even know what kind of questions he wants to ask either. Like he's right, just like yeah. sitting there like questions for MJ. And he's like, <sighs> completely stunlocked. Couldn't even think about it. Yeah. yeah. But then uh, you also get just like kind of these these classic family tropes of the, the girls wearing something that, that he's like, I don't want you to wear that. Mm. And, and Oh man, the sun's coming in and asking for pop tarts. And he's just like, Jesus, I'm trying to work here. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Don't got enough space. The and, classic yeah. family whirlwind effect type deal. Absolutely. Right. It's, yeah. it's a type of film where it's like the moment it starts, you, you just know what's ha- going to happen. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and that's kind of where I was thinking that they hit those campy notes very well. It's tastefully done. At least for as tasteful as it can be done for those movies, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, I think for part of it, you need, like, some emotional grounding, right? right. Um, yeah. You need something to tie you to the reality of any world, no matter how absurd it is. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie, like, starts off, like, decent enough, but it feels like for the middle stretch, it's just, like... Scenario after scenario of Ice Cube getting fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Boom. Like, Two by four fucking gag. Boom. Rake yeah. gag. Oh shit, it's a raccoon now. <laughs> fuck. Black people don't fuck with the animals. You better watch out. Which is insane because it's big physical comedy too. Yeah. Just stuff that I love. Yeah. But it just feels like it's there and it, and it feels like you've seen even these same gags done in other films two other people right and there's yeah. not it's it just doesn't like i i do think ice cube is good in this lane but i don't think like it doesn't need to be ice cube in this movie yeah it could be literally anyone whereas like in like at least his like john singleton films like he is like killer when mm. when he comes in like as an actor and like yeah right. I, I, there, there's plenty of movies where he he is a good utility i mean player. i thought that's what i i thought it was pretty interesting about ice cube was that um like to reference, he's been acting longer than a lot of people think. Right. And I say that in regards to like his music. Mm-hmm. So Ice Cube was like never actually like gang affiliated. He grew up in that those areas and he hopped on tracks like rapping pretty much for other people. Like he would rap other people's experiences, but he would package them better through his delivery. You oh, dig what I'm saying? Yeah. So he was, a lot of people would be like, well, Ice Cube's not, what gang is he in? It doesn't really matter because he is able to package and deliver the struggle better than the person that's yeah. actually, well, you know. Especially when, like, it seemed like, especially in the 90s, like, with rap, like, it was all about authenticity, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, to be able to, like, hold the, the physical space and, and, like, have that type of power, too, mm-hmm. like, it is really underrated. Yeah. And something that a lot of, you know, rappers are looking for, right. too. And that's what I think is really interesting with him because uh, I think it's aided him in his, like, acting on-screen acting, uh, like, a hundred fucking percent. Well, because, like, this whole movie is, like, him trying to act tough as things are... Going very uh, wrong. Right, and, and making him, you know, look like a fool, right? Mm-hmm. He's just, he's trying to keep his composure while it's going on. Right. Um, but, like, most of it's, like, you know, it's his mean face. It's like, <laughs> like yeah, you know? it's the thing he showed the kid in the first, yeah. uh, the first episode. And that's kind of, or first, first episode, first movie, excuse me. That was the emotional grounding provided in the first one, was him being like, oh, you know, uh, you know why I act like this? I'm a player. My dad's left too. Mm-hmm. And then the two kids turn. They're like, really? And that was their, their, their like bonding moment. Although it's like surface level. They're like, all right, Ice Cube has a dad. He's gone. That's why he acts like this. We're going <laughs> to fucking, we're going to go into the psychology of that within five minutes and just 
go. We'll just go with it. I, they literally accept him as as their dad. Like, <laughs> yeah. a, a literal light switch yeah. flips. I yeah. mean, it's it's it is like it's a sad scene because they the, the whole trip is about getting to New York. Mm-hmm. Um, their parents are are divorced. The kids, but mm-hmm. um, Ice Cube's basically the boyfriend, and he's like, "I'll take you to New York." The dad's house is on the way though, and the kids really want to see their dad. Yeah, and they and, end up seeing it through the window. Right, their dad Hold like their... you know. So that's. Yeah. Known to us, but not known to them, didn't want to come pick them up. Mm. And so they have to learn the hard way that their dad has moved on and has a new family, which, like, is absolutely tough. And, like, that is, like, maybe one of the few moments that's played emotionally. Because mm. even Ice Cube comes up behind them and doesn't of, crack a of, joke. Out of Doesn't nowhere. say, like, I, I fucking knew it or yeah. something. You know, yeah. like, he... he has that same warmth um, yeah. because he understands the situation they're mm-hmm. in and at least play like that, that straight, you know? Right. Which is why I feel like with the, are we done yet? May, I mean, I won't comment on the writer's job, but maybe they didn't have like the actual workspace to be like, all right, so how are we going to capitalize off what we had last time? But with the, without the, uh, like extraneous factors it's, that we can yeah. piggyback off. No, of, this, right? is, this is exactly like what I was thinking about this film because Essentially, with Are We There Yet, um, most of these characters have completed their character arcs mm-hmm. within the film, right? Ice Cube has, you know, ditched his life as a bachelor and learned to, you know, respect kids when he used to just hate every kid he <laughs> yeah. saw, right? Yeah. The kids, you know, like, they were doing Home Alone-style traps on, like, all the boyfriends at the start of the movie. And, like, right. now here they are hanging out with a dude that, yeah, you know, they're still playing their traps and playing gags on him, but they are like, oh, he plays back, and, like, he has fun with us. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, an, instead of these other boyfriends that are trying to avoid the kids entirely... Ice Cube's down on their level. And right. so it's what's really great is that you believe the family unit that they build by the end of this. Exactly, yeah. Um, but then that's where you have to start this next film. And so it's it's also like, okay, we don't have that same push and pull dynamic of conflict here. So how are we going to introduce conflict? Mm-hmm. And really, I think the main piece of conflict in this, this movie, I mean, it is the house a bit, but it's Chuck. He's, he's this guy who has... Five different hats on. He's the, he's the guy who <laughs> yeah. he sells them the house. Um, and then later he, uh, you know, is the contractor. He's also like the the city's inspector. Mm. Um, like like he, he just does everything around here. Right, but yeah, it, it, it kind of doesn't work because every time he just walks up to Ice Cube and is like, guess it's going to be another 5K, man. <laughs> and and that, that really just feels like the only thing Repetitive, that happens right, here. Yeah. Um, and it's like whether it's the floorboards, the ceiling, you know, or, or like the drywall, like whatever. It's like, it just feels like they're doing the same type of thing, you know? They expected him to be like the comic relief for like Ice Cube. All right. And then they're like, this is going to be perfect. Ice Cube replies, shit, man, another 5K? <laughs> bow, 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 bow. Type B, you know exactly, what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> you're just at, the, at the fourth one, you're like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> fuck, I can't take it anymore, man. Yep. And they even like like their montages of of, of all of this, but you know, it's it's a. Uh, it, I think that's just where the movie starts to drag on a bit, you know. Mm-hmm, right. Um. But yeah, you know, they 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 get out over to this house. Um. There's like there's some like uh nod backs to like the first movie where like. Kevin spills his juice in the car again, like he did. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, essentially, um, oh yeah, sorry. One other thing I wanted to get to was that Suzanne, which is Ice Cube's wife in this yeah, movie. Nia Long. Unfortunately, like she, oh yeah, she's a great actress. Amazing, yeah. been, been in a million things, but um, she, the, 
her character is so underserviced because in the first film she isn't really a character, mm-hmm. um, and in this one, like she has to now be the mom in the family, but she doesn't really have a role other than to be like, you should listen to Chuck more. Or Chuck's on our side. Yeah, I was um, about to say she really fucked with uh, with Chuck. You know, yeah, she's all, but. I feel like that's because she was like the semi foil in the first one. And yeah. in this one, you're as right well. because they're always they're always calling like she's always calling them mm-hmm. and being like, "Are you know what are you up to? Are you are you, yeah, are you yeah. doing something? Exactly. Like are you being safe? Are you you coming in?" And yeah. they're always in the craziest scenario, jumping off of a train, yeah, or, yeah. Or like whatever. He's on horseback. She wants to talk to them, but yeah. they're in a train car. <laughs> yeah, fucking great. That's amazing. Okay, yeah. So we have a uh, John C. McKinley. Uh, who's playing Chuck, the real estate agent, and he's showing them around the house. Uh, John McGinley, you might know him from Scrubs. Yep. Uh, he's also in Wild Hogs, which we covered uh, with, with Abrick um, yeah, a little bit ago. I think I've seen him when I came down and watched three minutes of it. <laughs> yeah. Excuse I'm what? sorry, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry you had to witness three minutes of Wild Hogs. It's okay. It just it resurfaced my 11, 12-year-old memories of watching that movie and just being... I liked it then. <laughs> I, I mean, here's the thing: is like, like watching Wild Hogs and then watching Norbit after. I started to appreciate Wild Hogs a lot yes, more. I'm glad that you said that because the comparison between the two is nil. It, like, it's dude, it's ridiculous. it's like a it's a valley of, of a difference, and like they're both not good movies, but like totally different mm-hmm. beasts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so as Nick is uh touring the house, um, basically. You know, stuff's falling around him everywhere. The the lights coming off. They, you know, Chuck goes to open up the roof, the door to the roof, and the handle comes off in his hand. Um, all the signs are there, um, and then he kind of pressures them into buying the house by scheduling another couple to come in after them. Yeah, the, the basic sales tactic. You know it. Speak. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. so and you know they're like, we'll take it, and then they're they're just hanging out on the roof, and then they they talk about breaking in the house and a lot of rooms to break in. Mm. And then, like, right when they would start to, you know, get a little busy, uh, like, Nick just falls straight through the, the roof. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, but then he's like, yeah, we'll take it. Like, yeah, after he falls it. through, he, he's is, like, I love this shit. Bro, evidently, Nick, Ice Cube is Nick, and his decision-making is not very sound. No. Evidently. Definitely not. But all for the sake of the movie, of course. Yeah, you got to get him into this house. Yep, exactly. Um, And, yeah, once he moves in, he is living the high life. He has built himself the biggest sandwich you could, you could ever imagine. <laughs> and then it's like his kids are like, like his kids, like, you know, causing trouble. And he's like, eh, well. He's not right next to me anymore. So, like, who cares? Yeah, the classic dad relief. Yeah. Big ass sandwich left alone. That's every dad's fucking greatest. Dog, it's a cartoon. <laughs> like, you know, like, Dude, that's big sandwich is cartoon material. That's why I can't do it anymore. The critic inside of me goes, hmm, yes, that's not very realistic. Hmm, yes. No. Ah, yes, well, classic. That- but that's the thing is like it do- doesn't have to be a realistic movie either. It's like, true. It's true. Because we we sit our, we sit there and we're like, uh, is it entertaining enough? Right. Like, because I think that's that's the thing about like both of these movies is that they you know the people who wrote it probably know exactly what goes into a screenplay, right? Exactly. On page ten, 10 you got to say you know you save the cat and then page ten get the plot going like all those crazy structural things. Mm-hmm that can help you to write a movie, but are not the things that amount to an actual movie. Right, exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, we want to like lose our suspension of disbelief and get lost in that world a bit. And right. then just, you know, 
fully forget we're even watching the thing. Right. Which is what I had to remind myself because I feel like the more and more I get into analyzing film, the more my brain goes, uh, is this a pass or a fail for the message that they're mess? Not only message, right. but the action that they're trying to convey. Like, yeah. And, and the audience they're going for right. too. Right. Like but I will say on, on the inverse is that it's kind of a refreshing palate cleanser to dumb, not really dumb yourself down, but yeah, dumb yourself down to the levels of, I'm just going to enjoy this and see where this vehicle takes me. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think you have to watch a lot of bad movies to understand how good movies work right. too. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you see a beat that you've literally seen in other films work, and then all of a sudden it feels jarring, right? Like like that 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 moment of a uh, of narrative disconnect, mm-hmm. like can hit you, and and like yeah, I, that that was my problem with Norbit. Is like <laughs> I there there is just, <laughs> keep bringing it up just yeah, to rag on I it. Know, I'm bro. gonna have nothing else to say about <laughs> yeah. it. But like I felt like I was looking through the screen watching that. Yeah. Like whereas at least here I was like. I know what's going on and you know, I'm, I'm rolling my eyes at it, but I'm at least like reacting to mm, it, you know? Yeah. But it's kind of like a disconnect, disconnected engage. Cause you're like looking through the screen at Eddie Murphy's beady little Norbit eyes. <laughs> you're just going, shut the fuck up, man. Why are you doing, what's up with the accent? Huh? Where did that, that was improv for sure. I know they didn't tell him to do that. Norbit, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up, Norbit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So as they're moving in, um, there's like a good gag. All the neighbors bring them housewarming gifts, mm. uh, but everyone brings them sturgeon fish because yeah. that's what like the local town is known Welcome for. The, it was giving me like it's supposed to be suburbia, but it was giving me big like Mississippi like vibes. Yeah, like, very well, country esque. Because it you know? starts as suburbia, and then they start showing like weird neighbors coming mm, by. Yeah. Um, and it's like, they got the goth family or something. And you're like, what? <laughs> like yeah. all the goth kids yeah. are giving you sturgeon. <laughs> yeah. Sure, man. And you're like, I guess this is what we're sitting here. That's doing. A, I guess this is what we're doing. That's the exact <laughs> thing that you have to say when you're watching that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and there's, yeah, there's just, there, there's a million things here. Like I, I wrote down, uh, the, the kids lose the dog and, and Nick goes looking for the dog and then he finds like the deer from the first movie that like fucking <laughs> yeah. wilded out yeah. on him. And, and it's just like, I completely forgot that was even a thing that happened yeah. until I, I looked back down because it's just a million physical gags. Like you, you cannot clock any can't of these. remember all of them. No, no, not at all. But all of them do serve a, a functional purpose and I think it does well enough. I think it, it stands on its own two legs for the most part. Yeah. I think so. Um, you know, and there's like, there's some stuff that like works for me, like where they're like, the, the family's all arguing around the dinner table. You know, the, the, the daughter, uh, Lindsay's like, I miss my friends and I don't have cell reception or whatever. And, you know, Kevin's like, I can't breathe outside. I don't like outdoors. <laughs> like, um, and they like, you know, they're just like, this house is great. This, this, this house is fine. And like the chandelier like comes and falls on the table mm-hmm. and they're like, well, at least the table's sturdy and the table breaks. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, like, like some of that's the thing. This, this stuff feels close to working. Mm-hmm. Um, it has like a functional frame to it, Yeah, but it's kind of like how you said before with, with the industry, they know exactly where to place things almost to the point where it, becomes uh expected right. in a sense and i really like i wouldn't actually be surprised if this was like a shot for shot remake of the money pit type deal where or, like the script is the same like where some of these things probably 
didn't feel as overplayed back then, but feel overplayed now. And then they also like updated other things. And so there's just this weird, like skeleton of a script, right? That is exactly. a good foundation, yeah. but also like, what are these characters doing in this world? Yeah, right. Right. And if that were, if that is true, the, the money pit analogy, I could see that because there's like a, I literally can picture it as a frame. There's supposed to be a picture in there, but it's not. It's just like a punched fist through it. And it's <laughs> on the fist, it says ice cube. And they're like, woo, racial ambiguity, baby. Let's go. That's, That's what great. I'm talking about. That's good enough. That is good enough. That's going to be the thumbnail for this. <laughs> ice cube. Yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. I fucking it. love that. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, it, yeah, we just get more uh, Chuck stuff here because uh uh, Nick tries to fix the chandelier, shorts out the power in the house. And, and this is the first time Chuck shows up as a contractor and is like, okay, you know, this is what it's going to cost you. Right. And Ice Cube's like, why didn't you tell me about this before? Um, the whole family blows up on him because like, they're like, you didn't hire an inspector. And again, it's one of those things that like two people sign, you know, their name onto the lease, you know, like the wife would have thought of this, even if the husband was being dumb. But for the sake of the movie, this is what we got to roll right, with, right? right? Well, especially with like Ice Cube, if you remember his character from the the first one, he he says, uh, what did he say? He said, like, I got it or something? No, or? no, no. Nia Long asked him, she's like, is this cantaloupe ripe? And then he goes to like smell it. He's like, baby, I don't eat nothing without an expiration date on it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> said, oh my God. She said, you eat as bad as my, my fucking, my son. Right. And I was like, if you kind of put that into the context, like you got to get, get into the lore of the, are we, are we there slash are we Fair done enough. universe? You know, bro, this guy, he's eating, sorry. He's no, eating chef boy RD type B. Well, he's you, the ultimate bachelor. Yeah, right? there we go. I mean, that's why he thinks he can, you know, fix the whole house. Exactly. But like, that's never going to happen. Right. You know, and he's just going to make it worse every time too. Um, and if, if that is kept in mind, then you're like, oh, yeah, classic Nick. But I'm going to be real with you. Nobody is thinking about, like, his character lore or his back, his backstory, no, and they not, expect him to be a rational person. Not at all. Person, it, you know? it, exactly. And it's just, like, you need to understand that he hates raccoons. Or something. <laughs> like, like, why does he get Bro. so obsessed with, like, needing to swat the raccoon off the roof? Why you know? does he, like, hype up the kid in the first movie to feed a deer? He's like, Is it, don't be scared of wildlife, right. man. It's just wildlife. <laughs> he's like, oh, shit, a raccoon. <laughs> Bro, come on now, man. Oh. Should have hired us, man. We we would have been looking into the lore of Ice Cube. Hey, don't hire me in 2023 to produce PC-related colored films because I won't do it. I do have a question. If you okay, so if you want to make this a trilogy, right? Uh huh. What's the trilogy? Because like you have the car getting like destroyed in the first one, right? Mm -hmm. And and that's like Nick as a bachelor, like is it's his shell as a bachelor getting broken down, right? Right. right. Same thing with the house. He is like a rocky foundation now and like has to be like, if you, if you want to really read into it, it has to be rebuilt and like, you know, things, parts about him have to be rewired and redone so that he can have a, a nice family. Right. Mm -hmm. Bro, I got it for you. Are we retired yet? Oh, Nick and <laughs> Nick and Neil are trying to go into retirement. The kid, like maybe the older daughter is already like out of the house. Yeah. And it's no, both younger. kids got to be out of the house. Yeah. Both kids out of the house, but. Oh, they have twins too, though. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, bruh, Nick's tired of shit. Sports <laughs> magazine's going up. He's sitting there. Not a sports magazine. He does swap into a new magazine called "Are We Done Yet?" 
at, at the end. Oh, shit. It's like you're a family right. magazine. You're right. Okay. Okay. Let's say magazine goes off. Yes. Yes. At this point, he's like, he's like, baby, you know, we, we should just retire. Boom. Cue the fucking kids. Seven, eight-year-old kid riding around on little tricycles through the halls. One of them has a glass of milk, throws it up in the air, splashes all over Ice Cube. He looks square into the camera and goes, are we retired yet? <laughs> okay, maybe, maybe, maybe not, but it could be, it could be kind of meta, right? Like, I, like it. I mean, I, I like the idea of like all their kids in college or something and they're, they're trying to get them jobs, you know, mm-hmm. and they're like, we can't retire until we make sure you guys right, are set yeah, up, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, although like, it would be fun to find another road trip movie for no reason well, maybe. just to be like, I, cause the grandkids idea, yeah, you know, just yeah. like, let's go it, now it's ice cube with two of his grandchildren. Right. Yeah. And so like, it's another one of these like kids these days type, like, you know, things like, yeah. Oh, you don't get it. And then yeah. like, but, but yeah, he's got to learn something. See, you know, I'm not even gonna lie as fucking trophy and as stupid as it would be. If I seen uh old 50 cent riding around with two Straight like grandkids, up. And they redo. And they're TikTok dancing. Yeah, yeah. bro. They redo the scene from when the kids are first getting to the navigator. He's like, "Couple rules: don't touch the navy, don't touch the radio, and we ain't getting no heat in this sucker." But now it's the grandkids, and he goes, "He's like, let me try to put on some real music, not this TikTok jazz." Puts on Fifty Cent again, again. Did it in the first one as well. Kids fucking hate it. Me as a child, I mean, I was banging Fifty Cent, but. Right. But I think it'd be interesting if I was forced to, I would need like a $1 million contract to put my name on that one though. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, mean, I, I, I would take the gig. What? Six figs. <laughs> Dude, come on. You're not, you're not doing this for, for a fucking couple hundred dollars. I'm doing it for the exposure, man. Oh bro. You're going, you're going up. You're going to be the new movie 43 guy in 2023. This is the movie 43 guy. Isn't it? Oh no, no, no. That's the, that's the, that's the next guy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Christ, man, Christ. Uh, no, no, no. This is the movie 3043. <laughs> oh my god. See, I mean shit, you're the you're the next coming, dude. Steve Carr's apprentice. I mean, let's that's a great moment to just talk about Steve Carr, the director here. Um, so his first film is next Friday. This the sequel to Friday. Yeah, which I was pleasantly surprised it, to find out. I didn't know that. I mean, it's probably his best film on here. Damn, I like next Arguably, Friday. Arguably. I mean, um, but yeah, it's interesting because both Next Friday and Are We Done Yet are sequels that aren't received as well as the original films that they're based off of. But it, both of those films are original films, too. Right, right. Um, uh, but yeah, this guy also did uh, Paul Blart Mall Cop, um, yeah. Movie 43, as mentioned before, Daddy Daycare. And Doctor Doolittle too. Like I mean, that, that's you know he's not guy like known for a lot of these direct to DVD type yeah. movies. He was right? killing it at the at the time in which these movies were in demand and popular. You know, yeah. movie forty three that was like ah, uh, I think that was very like meta for him. Like he was like, all right, it's time to get real fucking weird. Hugh uh, Jackman no, I, wearing a nutsack as a chin. That's all I have to say. It's just it's yeah. I I, I don't <laughs> I don't have any real comments on uh, that movie other than it's. It's a thing that exists. It's a catastrophe. You know? Well, it feels like if you wanted to understand the true mania of the 2000s that's and the it. types of like things that were like being pushed mm. in our faces in the media, it's like, that's exactly it. Yeah, like, that's like, it right this there. is what a big budget sketch movie looked like with tons of crazy ass actors in it. Like, yeah, hella A-list actors. How the fuck actors. did this happen? <laughs> yeah. And also like, why this too? Right, and, yeah. yeah. 
Just fucking weird. Um, yeah, so Chuck reveals uh, that he was on the 86 Lakers. Got any uh, comments about that? <laughs> I know that they, like, they had to do it just because of the whole, like, sports gag thing. The moment they set it up, you know where it's yes. going to. I was like, bro. Like, oh, oh, this guy knows God. Michael Jordan. So in the third act, <laughs> yeah. he's going to come and save yeah. your ass about it, right? Yep, like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Despite all the troubles that Chuck has costed you. He can introduce you. You know, I was on the Lakers back in 82. I could probably link you up with Michael. <laughs> well, that would have, would have been nice to know when we moved in, right? Yeah. Right? Man, I wouldn't have had to move in. I could have just known you. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And uh, this is where, like, we kind of get into the dry rot repair, um, which is, like, one of the few groups of, uh, of like, the repairmen that you actually meet. Um, and, and it's this... Uh, Samoan, you know, team of uh, drywall repair guys because they they say they know it the best out on on the islands or, or whatever. It's just like everything's being played in this like, you know, are we just gaming Ice Cube here? Like, do they go house to house and say the same shit to right, everyone? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but I thought the the kid the 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 kid in the drywall team his name's Taj Maori. Um, he plays Wade in Kim Possible. Oh, really? Yeah, and then he's also in the sitcom uh, Smart Guy. Damn. Okay. Um, but, like, I, it was one of those, like, I was like, what is so familiar about this yeah, guy? And yeah. then immediately clicked. Something highly recognizable. Yeah, I mean, he, 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 like, he's not, like, he sounds like a smart guy, too. So mm -hmm. you can see where, like, they, they probably drew that line for yeah, Wade. Right. Um, yeah, uh, the Chuck takes everybody fishing. Um, and... I don't know. Does Ice Cube, Ice Cube, so everyone's in a canoe by themselves. Um, and Ice Cube sees either a giant sturgeon or a shark. Like, I'm what I'm not, I was not sure what it actually was. I thought it was just supposed to be a giant sturgeon. Okay, that's what I thought. Because yeah, it, it comes by and it has like a shark fin. Yeah. And then he's like, we're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> like making Jaws jokes or yeah, whatever. Right, but, yeah. um, yeah, I, I like because the thing screams in his face, like when he first sees it, he goes <laughs> yeah, face to face yeah, with him and yells. Yeah. So I wasn't, I was like, the sharks don't do that, obviously. No, <laughs> like, no. I don't think Surgeon scream either, you know, but I think it was, I feel like they were just trying to play up on the, all right, we're going to do the a danger. Jaws line. Yeah. And yeah. then we're going to make sure that this seems su suspenseful, you know, for a comedy film right. level of suspense, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, this is a, after this, like, Lindsay's kind of, fall in for for this uh th this guy and so she she goes to his party mm -hmm. um and uh you know uh, i uh, ice cube finds out he's like i gotta put a stop to this and you know it's just a classic i run into a party i yell at my daughter everyone's like oh and then we go home but she's like 13 in this movie yeah which really? like and they say it a couple times to be like that is her age yeah right. and it's obviously not a party with like tons of drinking or anything depicted on screen because that's not what you do. But like, what what is the implication here? Right. right and like, exactly. and how old is this dude? Like you're, you're like, yeah. yeah. If it's not supposed to be like one of those situations, like you look at ice cube, you're like, damn ice cube. Like, what was there to be uh right if it's if it, everyone has hawaiian punch and it's just <laughs> yeah, like exactly. exactly like it's just a little fun party like what what's the fucking problem i swear i didn't mean that in a racist way <laughs> it's just, what's the fucking problem right <laughs> you have to leave that in that's we're, so. we're leaving that in 
That's a, that's a point five use of your N word pass, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I do love when they're at the party that uh, Chuck is just like. He's got uh, uh, some torches and he's like flame dancing <laughs> yeah. like, like hey, out of nowhere. Bro, that's they really wanted to push Chuck as like a, the man of many talents. Exactly. And, but I, I really love the fact that they make him the comic relief every single yeah. time without fail. Because, yeah, as much as it's fucking like, bro, what else can this guy do? That is what gets you your mind like wandering. It's not like, ah oh, shit. Here's if it was fucking Eddie Murphy doing this shit or like any other person who relies a lot on like their dramatic effect or flair to their comedy. Right. Which kind of takes it detracts away from the scene itself. I feel like he did very, very well. Just popping. He, he in is and out. very selfless and is also so committed to each one of the, his different personalities. Mm-hmm. Like he truly feels like he knows what type of film he's in. Um, I don't know if like the rest of the film was written to keep up with it though. It's right. kind of like the problem. Yeah. Cause he's not exactly laugh out loud funny, but he's definitely the most entertaining part. Right. Uh, yeah. uh, like throughout. Just cause it's interesting and it provides, you already know what to expect. So you're like, all right, what yeah. is this guy? What's his next gag going to be? Is exactly. going to be Bob well, Ross next? Or and, like what? And, 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 and like, you know, when he's got that flame stuff, he just throw, like he, he just ditches the torch in like two seconds. <laughs> yeah. And like yeah. when he throws it away, like you hear uh, the Wilhelm scream, yeah. which is like one of my favorite sound effects. Uh, it's an Easter egg that is like thrown into movies and has, been thrown into movies for the last like 50 years or so right um but like most famously essentially there was a sound editor who liked putting in this one background actor scream Mm -hmm. into every movie the same like two second clip and he would just like throw it in at random ass spots but he worked on star wars like he you know when it was a nothing movie and so like the wilhelm screams in that and it's in indiana jones too Mm -hmm. and like just just keeps popping up and now people know what it is it's gained its notoriety and fame but it's a very cartoonish sound effect um and you know you're like like when when he threw that i laughed but i was like some of the the ice cube you know comedy wasn't hidden in that same Mm, way yeah and the thing about chuck is like he maybe is a bit too comedic. I like, like I know you just almost made the opposite point, but like the character is almost too comedic uh, to work because at the end they try to give him this emotional arc of he's always talking about his wife and how she's on tour, and then it's revealed that uh, his wife is is actually dead, mm-hmm. um, and he's just kind of like not owning up to the fact of it, right? right. Or, or letting the family know. But they they the conversation they have. Uh, they just kind of brush right over that stuff. It's like, it's like none of those things actually matter to the characters. They're just used like to make ice cube feel bad for a moment Mm -hmm. and be like, Oh, maybe I should have gave this guy a shot. Oh, he doesn't have a family. He can be a part of mine. Like he doesn't actually like really feel the pain. It's just like the fact of this guy's single. Yeah. It's the the classic Mary Sue. You only do things because it's happening in front of you type the character doesn't react emotionally, right. but reacts because it is in front of him. Yeah, well, and uh, that's even a great analogy too, because like uh, the the argument with a Mary Sue is that it's a it's a it's a female character that has been written to be exceptional, maybe, and like the the way a lot of internet you know nerds talk about it, they'll just get angry. They're like, oh, that person wasn't trained, or that person there's a skill gap that didn't make sense, and mm-hmm. you know, sometimes those things like really don't matter, but right. like it's nice to have a little bit of a, a logic through line with, with everything. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing about Chuck is like, it's, 
it was like he is overworking to give other people homes, right? Because he doesn't have a home or family himself. Right. But then they didn't put in that work to develop that yeah. uh, that back half of his character. Right. And because of that, he does feel like a Mary Sue. Because, like, why is he so good at everything? <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah, like, exactly. Like, and, yeah. It's nuts. Yeah, which is, you know, I guess, I mean, maybe it was, like, time constraints or, like, they are just, like, we don't need that. It's a dude, yeah. It's a ninety-minute comedy, imagine, like like family-friendly comedy. I imagine Who there needs was it? somebody in the writing room that was like, "We should give this guy character development," and then everyone's just like, "Steven, shut the fuck up. We have ninety <laughs> minutes. What do you want to do? You want to take away from Ice Cube?" They're like, "Dude, it's John C. McGinley. <laughs> yeah, like, what is this? Is this a Scrubs fucking rerun? They're no. Like, they're like, this is the eighth guy we called. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah." Uh, but yeah, you know, Chuck, he decides he's got to move in, brings his airstream up to the house. Um, and they just kind of go even heavier on, uh, like all the home repair. This is like where we were talking about that, that middle section where it's just a lot of physical gags kind of piling up on top of each other. Bats attacking ice mm-hmm. cube, you know, more animal, uh, comedy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really? And then, you know, Chuck and Nick, they, they ended up fighting, and, and Nick kind of just calls off the whole thing. He's like, I don't want you, Chuck. And then all the other contractors cut, uh, you know, quit too because they have loyalty to him. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, his family leaves too. <laughs> like, And then it's just him. And he's like, damn it, I'm going to build this house myself for some reason. I don't, like, yeah, I don't know why he decides to. It seems like he has have, he's had a loss of faith mm-hmm. at this moment. Right. Which should mean return to his bachelor bachelor life. Right. Um, but instead he just kind of hangs out in the house and starts building things to like try to win his wife back over. But it, it feels like that turn happens out of nowhere. Right. It seems like, I feel like with that, it was either like a, a play on his character's stubbornness to due to the fact that again, like in the first one, he really didn't have to do, he didn't really have to drive 500 miles to Vancouver to deliver those kids. No. Could have been, I mean, he tried the train and the airplane, but it didn't work. Exactly. For the sake of the film, of course. But I think they wanted to play on that again is, is that if I can't trust anybody to get the job done, I have to do it. And then in tandem, my wife will be impressed with me. Right. That I could, I finally put the, the final nail in that coffin so she doesn't yeah. have to worry well, about it. Well, it right? is fair. Like, he has the character progression from the last movie, right? Mm-hmm. He cares about these kids. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, his wife is now pregnant with his twins, too. So it is more, there's more online. Right, more it's not. He can't exactly just walk away either. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, it just feels like, 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 essentially, you know, him and his wife are arguing about Chuck, as they always do. And then it's just like, she's like, I just need some time. You've hurt me too much this time. It's just, it's not, it's, it's not believable. Yeah. It's there's not, no build up to that melodrama, right. you know? And they're just hitting the same argument they've had the whole movie. It's just like, mm-hmm. it's got to break down here because this is the point of the movie. Yeah, This is down. what we need for the plot pretty much. Yeah. But you know, Nick wants to sell the house too. So that's why he's like fixing up the roof. Um, oh, I guess that is his way out. He wants to sell it. <laughs> There we go. There we go. Oh, man. Okay. Ignore the last two minutes. It's okay, um, guys. That's fine. It just went. He, he's right putting the race. roof up so that he can sell it. Yeah. But then in the process, he's like, you know what? I feel like a man. I'm winning my, my wife's love back. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is where, you know, Nick goes and apologizes to Chuck. Get, get all of that conversation where it's just really not. It's not. They're, they're, okay. This is what I will say is. In the scene, 
Chuck reveals that he has already called Michael Jordan because he knows Nick is stressed about the magazine. Right. And Nick needs to make this deadline for the magazine or else he's going to have to return his advancement. And money's been an issue the whole movie. So it's just implied that, like, everything is riding on this one interview. Mm-hmm. And Nick doesn't even have to ask Chuck, hey, can you call Michael Jordan for me? Or be the one to, like, you know, say, look, I know this whole time I've been paying you to do stuff for my house, you know, because you were the only guy to do it and mm-hmm. I had no choice. But, like, now, you know, like, I'm going to make a choice and extend this lead, you know, this branch and actually try to make a connection. With right, you. right. And, you know, Chuck's just such a good guy. He already did it. But this is where, like, this whole conversation could have gone a lot differently had the same result and felt much more narratively satisfying. Yeah. It kind of tied everything together in like a pretty little bow, you know? Yeah. The emotional core that we were speaking about earlier, that's not really present. It's just the fist with ice cubes name. Right. right. And and, and it's like, that's, that's why that's the scene where I was like, Oh, that's where it should have hit. This is the turn. Mm -hmm. And that's just where you can tell it doesn't come together as a movie. Right. um, For those reasons. I mean, even if they had it like, Chuck's mid, mid apology ice cubes, like trying to do a heartfelt, you know, apology to him. And Chuck's like, looks at his phone screen and goes, Oh, hold on one sec. Ice cube gets hella pissed off. He's like, Hey man, I'm trying to, he goes, Oh, Michael, what's going on, man. That right there could have been like a really good buildup because it, a, it adds right. to the, the whole bro. What? Like, how does Chuck know Michael Jordan? Right. Yes, like, like yes. It's another one of his things. Like, and then, it could have been a surprise yeah, rather exactly. than like a uh, Chekhov's gun of like, I know Michael Jordan. So like, when is the gun going to go off of you meeting Michael? Exactly. Jordan yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which of course it could have been done more tasteful, but hindsight is always 2020. Yeah. And then, you know, we basically get into uh, the wife going into labor and this is what kind of brings everybody back into the same house. Mm -hmm. Um, And there is a little like they've they've repaired the house um, right before this done done a nice little montage. Um, She she goes into labor and then when she's pushed into the house, she's kind of like seeing all the renovations for the first time. Mm. And she's like, so she's like, Oh, those are nice floors. Uh, which is like, it's, yeah. it's a little fun. Like yeah, I, yeah. I, I liked that. Um, have to give due to the things that, that work, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, and then yeah, Chuck, like he's at his house. Um, and so his car won't start, so he can't get there. So he gets into this, crazy joggers fit yeah. um, and it's doing the, the most ridiculous like fast walking you've ever seen. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, he, he said he was like a, a midwife at, and that he trained to do that in Switzerland or Sweden or something. Again, so. another one of his fucking skills. I love Very it. Sue, man. Dude, but hey, I love it. That he <laughs> low key carried like the more that I think about it and the more we talk about it, I'm like, bro, he's pretty much Jesus. Yeah. Just in like a, Absolutely. a multiple different hats. You I know, think he could walk on water. You know, probably he'd probably go, Hey, ice cube, you're having a flood, bro. You're lucky. I can walk on water. (laughs) I'll carry you and your family all on my shoulders. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, uh, you are right. Michael, they're magic. (laughs) Yeah. Magic is magic is magic. Uh, but he, anyways, he comes, he gives the phone call while, uh, they're, they're, you know, in labor. Mm. Um, and Nick kind of, you know, he starts to ask the types of questions he would want to ask, um, but he's also just asking questions about the situation. Like, hey, you got kids too, right? Um, and essentially, 
you know, he's had this writer's block the whole film and, and it's, it's kind of fun. Cause like when he's in this situation, he just knows what he wants to say. Like he mm-hmm. does ask one or two sports questions, which shows you, okay, he's knowledgeable. He, he could be good at, mm-hmm. at this job, but it's really nice that he just decides to put the phone down, you know? And, yep. and is like, I, I don't need to take this call right now. There are more important things happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, eventually he does get the interview with, with, with him later. Um, in the the new form of the magazine, uh, which we see at the end of the film when they're having this launch party for it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it's it's nice that, like, in the first film, it feels like he, he puts away some of his, like, dreams of, like, you know, being a sports, a crazy sports guy or something, right? right like a, a yeah. bachelor or whatever. And then he's like, all right, I'm taking a more realistic stance to this all now. Really, that's that's the film. It's six months later. We're at the launch party. Um, and like as the last beat, um, a ladder falls onto Nick's car and it, and it hit, you know, it, it, it scratches the, not scratches, destroys the windshield. Yeah. Um, which just feels funny. Cause it's like the moment he got his perfect house, more shit, more shit's yeah. happening to him back to the you, car. You thought it's it never was gonna over. End. Exactly. Yeah. But it's never going to, this is right. this guy's life. Uh, <laughs> it's just destruction. You want to get real philosophical with it? Would this guy be in the eternal thought recurrence? Have you heard of that? No. It's Nietzsche. It's Nietzsche saying, uh, "If you had to live your life with every every outcome being the same and oh. do it over again, would you? Would it, would would, would he? If you knew that you were gonna get hit in the nuts like <laughs> like twenty times, yeah, by, like, like while you're building your house, yeah. like like would you maybe be like, I can make a couple choices yeah. different. I can make a couple changes, you know." No, man, all those nuts hits, those are what made me the man I am today. Bro, taking a direct nut shot from a Paul Bunyan statue in a parking lot <laughs> in the Midwest made me the man I am today. <laughs> he really shouldn't be able to have kids at this point, if you want to be realistic, right? Let alone twins. <laughs> hey, this guy's got sh- Ice Cube be shooting. Dude, there's probably two half kids. Like, one kid's split in half. Two and a half men? Two and a half, <laughs> <laughs> two and a half men reboot? Oh, yeah, that, that's killer. Um... Honestly, I don't, I don't know. Any, you got any other thoughts on this? Um, I mean, honestly, uh, I know we're going to get into Norbit, but I'd like to say this now. I'm giving, like, if I had to choose between the two, if I had to do the fucking eternal thought recurrence, but with the same movie, yeah. I had to, I could had to watch my entire lifespan. Would I watch it over again? I'm choosing Are We There slash Are We Done Yet. I, I'm absolutely, yeah, down. I mean, I actually had a pleasant experience rewatching it. So. I agree. It, it, there's at least like you're seeing Ice Cube and you're like, I haven't seen Ice Cube do this thing for, you know, like he's not always playing in this family friendly mm-hmm. vehicle. It's just, it's fine. Like th- that's the thing about this film. I, I gave it like a flat five out of 10. Just like it's a movie. Um, and like, you know, it's going to work for like a lot of people, but I'm like, I'm not going to dock any points for like it not you know, fully exceeding right, rolling yeah. the ball with me, you know, would you have placed anyone else in the cast of, or in the cast? Oh, wait, I Nick? didn't give this a five. I gave, are we there yet? A five out of 10. That was my, are we? Oh, what'd you give? Are you, are you, are we done yet? I think I gave it a three. Oh, fuck that hurts, but, but it's I, reasonable. I, I we kind of, I think it, it's more, it might be more like four. It's like, yeah, it, it's, you're splitting hairs here and it's like whatever your scale means to you. Yeah. I think it, um, it, it I, I think that's fair. Honestly, to me, I, I go below the five when again, the pieces of the craft don't end up adding together. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, cause it can be a movie. It, it can be a family friendly movie and get a 10, right? Like, right. cause it can exceed in its own frame rate. 
uh, or framework. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, this just doesn't come together fully enough yeah, uh, to make could, it worth it. I could feel that. I think um, probably my last thought on it was, um, oh, I was saying, would anyone else work, work in this role? Like, I couldn't imagine Martin Lawrence doing this shit. I see Kevin Hart doing something like this. It'd be fire. Well, he did a... Kevin Hart did do something kind of like campy and troopy recently. Um, A lot of his movies are. Yeah, Um, yeah, that is very true, actually. Well, he... Never mind. I won't get on the Kevin Hart fucking thing. (laughs) We'll talk about this after the fact. But, yeah, I mean, I if I had to rate it, I would probably give it like a 4.5 as well. Yeah, solid. Yeah, especially for what it is. You know, that's, that's the only thing that, that I keep in mind when I'm watching these type of films, you know, I feel it. And yeah, I, exactly. Um, I don't have anything else to say there. So <laughs> no, it's all good, dude. Um, all we'll, good. We'll, we'll cut in somewhere there, but I'll be like, all right, cool. We will take a short break and be right back. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Oh my God. I can't believe we have to talk about Norbit. Yeah, bro. We're going to body Norbit though. So um, we're back from the break, everybody. And what why I am freaking out right now uh, is because I was just double checking who the director of Nordbit was, mm. um, which is the film we are covering. Obviously, um, it's in the title. Brian Robbins is the name of the director of uh, Nordbit. I looked him up before just to see what else he had directed. Mm. And I saw the Shaggy Dog, which is the Tim Allen, you know, body swap movie with a yeah. dog that yeah, came out 15 yeah. years after those movies were out of style. Yeah. I forgot about that. Insane. Um, and then also it, he, he did a, the good burger movie, which is probably like, Oh, Kenan and Kel. Yeah. One of his yeah. better like, like, uh, things on his list, but he is currently the president and CEO of Paramount Pictures and Nickelodeon. Oh, shit. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude, bro. <laughs> like, dude, like what is dude? <laughs> The more and more I find out about the film industry, the more I realize it's just like, bro, you just got to like come with anything you fucking have in your folder and just say, fuck it. I, yeah. And it, people will go, this guy, hey, this is the guy that did Norbit. <laughs> <laughs> let's, do, let's get him the CEO of Paramount and Nickelodeon. How? Jeez. How? Bro. It's absurd. Hey, that guy, hey, he wears his fucking, his heart on his sleeve and he goes. Yeah, I made Norbit. I love that movie. <laughs> he is fucking unapologetic, I bet you. You know who else loves this movie? Who? Joe Rogan. I well, I did a quick Google of this, and it was like, he had an Instagram post from two years ago that said, just put on Norbit with the family. <laughs> <laughs> Holy he's like, He's like, people don't realize how great Eddie Murphy's range is. And they're like, and this is the movie that proves it. Joe Rogan has a fucking podcast where people listen to his public opinion. Let me let me remind all you guys watching. Oh my god, that's actually ir- just anytime some dude comes up to you and says something that like Rogan taught him, you just you you can now just say that like you know that dude loves Norbit. I'm going. <laughs> I'm the one takedown. I'm going to discredit. Both Averick and Austin, both those guys, they're going to go, yeah, did you watch the new JRE? I'm going to go, oh, yeah, the guy that fucking loves Norbit? He's Norbit's a good movie? I'm definitely going to listen to that guy. Every single year, there's something about Joe Rogan that makes me hate him more. Yeah. I, I mean, used to love him. It's, it's, a, it's a bit unfortunate. I think he would have been fine if he didn't blow up as big as he did. Um, you know, because, like, it, he really just blew up because he has a YouTube section 
on on his videos and and on it and i worked at a dispensary um you could walk by any like computer screen in the back jerry's and it would be on in the background even if there wasn't someone in the room listening to it right right uh which was like just crazy yeah i mean i the the, the hold he has on like just like oh yeah just throw it on that's a you know yeah, I understand it. I feel like it's because he's like the stoner white knight for like the stoner population, you know? Yeah. But that is also why he likes fucking Norbit because he's smoked out of his fucking <laughs> mind going, God damn, Eddie Murphy's funny. Shit. But man, she's fat. Yeah. Eddie, babe, Eddie Murphy has range. Can you believe this shit? <laughs> he was in the Nutty Professor. <laughs> oh my oh. God. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So DreamWorks made this movie too, which is a fun one. Uh, did you yeah. know? Did you know DreamWorks changed their their intro? I did. I saw the new intro. Um, well, it's more. It's much more animated focused. Yeah, like they're they kind of scroll through a few of their big properties, but mm-hmm. you know, doesn't just doesn't feel great when you see the trolls up there. You know, they were in there. I'm pretty sure. I must have missed them. I watched. Maybe that's Universal. Maybe I'm just fucking. <laughs> getting all this shit mixed up possibly i sure do hope there's not fucking trolls in there i mean there's shrek in there and he's dude, he's close to shrunk is awesome bro he's great it's great you're well, dude we're, we're greenlit we, for we, two more shreks in the next two three years we do need to talk about shrek though dude, like because obviously eddie murphy you know um is in shrek Donkey. yeah mm-hmm. um but also shrek the third comes out this year so for eddie murphy like these are his two big films yeah norbit in Shrek the Third. Shrek the Third is where the the bottom starts to fall out of the mm, franchise. Yeah. Um, like if they had stopped at two, people probably would have there probably would have been way less Shrek memes because people would have been making fun of the Shrek movies less because they were actually like all right really? before yeah. that. I feel like it would have become cult classicy if it had gone yeah. that route a little bit. But <clears throat> not to not to detract from Toy Story, Story. Toy Story 3 style, they come back 13 years later. (laughs) (laughs) Like like to close the story. I mean, Loki kind of is, bro. I've heard in the works Shrek 5, Shrek 6. Oh, yeah. Well, and they said Shrek Forever After was it, but no, no way. No way. Mike Myers ain't ain't out, bro. How old is Mike Myers now? (sighs) He's over 50. Yeah, Um, fuck. I mean, he's, I I really love Mike Myers, but, um, you know, I think Mike Myers and Eddie Murphy are actually perfect. Uh, parallels because mm. they did have their their rises and falls about the same time, right? Yeah. Um, and like this is the start of the end for like a lot of these comedy movies because um, they used to just greenlight something and say, "Well, well here, DreamWorks, the two m- movies they made this year, Blades of Glory is is a Will Ferrell vehicle, mm-hmm. Norbit is a Eddie Murphy vehicle. It's all carried by the comics rather than the actual, right." Film and itself. I think that's why they're like, okay, whatever script, whatever idea you got, throw it up. And, mm-hmm. and you know, like, it'll probably make a good amount of money just because we have your face on it. Right. But it's also the end of Bankable Stars because I think a lot of movies like this just start to ruin the image of the stars that are, are in them. Yeah, I it mean, becomes watered down, disillusioned. Yeah. I, like, the love guru hits and, and Mike Myers has to, uh, you know, reevaluate his career. You know, and he, and he stops really, making movies. That was a really bad movie. That was a really bad fucking movie, dude. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, I think Sandler made the right call by at least going to Netflix before the industry, like, fully collapsed. Well, and he had his whole Happy Madison, like, thing. Like, he... Well, right. Well, he is... He plays himself in everything except for uh, 
diamond, serious movies, diamond un- uncut film, gems, uncut and gems. There punch drunk love, yeah, or the Meyer yeah. Witt stories, yeah, Which, um, or the cobbler. But that's a, that's a, <laughs> don't <laughs> the <laughs> fucking cobbler. Holy shit! But that that uh, why I wanted to bring that up is that I feel that because he drops in like the gems every right. so often, is that people get reminded, oh fuck, fucking Happy Gilmore can actually act when like, he doesn't yeah. just play himself. Like all the time. Absolutely. That's what ended up happening. No, he's to, such a good actor. Yeah, and that's what ended up happening to comics. Even like, I think Will Ferrell is a great actor. Oh, so but good. So good. His actual acting talent, uh, or his actual acting talent, didn't get to shine through in the comedies that he did. Even though a lot of the comedies were really good, it was a slow death and a slow watering down well, it, of Will Ferrell I, content. I think what you you know you don't notice his acting as much because he is so committed to each one of his characters. Right, right. In, in that level of commitment, it takes a tremendous amount of energy and focus, mm-hmm. um, as well as also like developing what that character is and how they move. Um, and it's one of those things like when you embody something too well, sometimes people may not even know you're acting at all. Right. Um, and that's why like a lot of like breakthrough acting performances usually go unknown because people see the movie and then they're like, Oh, that Timothy Chalamet guy is like, is, it, he just must be like that in real life. Right. Mm-hmm. He, he's not really acting in this, this movie right. or, or whatever. Which uh, that's a good example. I could totally see in like five years, People will be like, Timothy Charlemagne just does himself. Right. But he just doesn't, he doesn't act, which but, I can see you, that's where your example But like at first, he's just playing like high schoolers and kind of just playing like a drug you know, addicts, stucky boys shit like and preppy. That. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Drug addicts, all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has built a, a nice little career for himself too of, of different parts. Um, getting off of <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. Getting off though. of good shit. <laughs> Let's hop into the fucking bad shit. You can tell we are trying to avoid this movie at all costs. Even though we've been named, we've been name dropping Norbit since about three minutes in, and it's only because we were Norbit, in, we're in fear. Norbit, Norbit, I fucking, Norbit. I love this movie. He doesn't even know, dude. This guy's. I'm about to drop the mic on him. Five hey. and, and at the last five minutes of this, mic check, mic check. Does anybody here like Norbit? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking radio silence. Okay. Norbit, Norbit. <laughs> Norbit and Orbit, dude. <laughs> He's getting Orbit, near. Orbit. Now that's a 2007 <laughs> gum. Oh, yeah. Orbeez, dude. Or five gum. Everything about Orbeez. Little gel things. Oh, the little. <laughs> <laughs> dude, we're, we're. Orbs. Really don't want to give this guy too much credit, huh? Okay. Yeah. So Norbit is uh, literally thrown out of a car um, at the beginning of this movie by his parents. Probably the one sensible thing that happens in this film. <laughs> like, I think they, they probably fully understood the kid that they had. Yeah. Um, Father had a that so raven vision of what Norbit would become and said, Jesus, we need to get rid of this now. Uh, tosses him off um, in front of... Whew, this is rough, man. This is rough. A child orphanage that is also a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> Um, and is run by oh, a character named Mr. Wong, also played by Eddie Murphy. Um, maybe doing like worse, like shtick than any of the other it's parts of this. And in Rasputa and uh, you know, and Mr. Wong are definitely competing here to see who can outdo each other. Yeah, who could be the most outrageous caricature of the yeah, race it, they're representing? Exactly, right. and who can be more offensive or or whatever? Yeah, and just it, it's it's a it's a fast race to the bottom. I know. know for a fact that Eddie Murphy had like everything to do with this. 
Absolutely. I, there's no, nothing happens in this film without Eddie Murphy <laughs> wanting to do it explicitly. So right? domineering, you might as well just have said that he's the director and the producer. Yeah, he. I mean, he, I think he's a credited screenwriter for sure, um, and yeah, obviously a producer too. But um, that, that's the thing. There's so much uh, makeup in these characters that you like he doesn't do anything without wanting to do it. You have to pick and choose these moments, you know? And then on top of that, he's playing two of the main characters. So anytime these two characters have to interact, they have to figure out a way to film it so that he can play both of them in. Mm -hmm. And you want, you can't tell that, you know, the other dude is another dude and it's his back Mm -hmm. or his arm in the, in the, in the shot, you know? Right. And, And they sell it well enough at the beginning because they show like two kids playing Norbit in Rasputa so that you, you get that image in your head of right. little Norbit and, and big girl. Um, well, and prior to that, we have the, uh, like his first little girlfriend. Yeah. And, uh, that's right. See, and this is where we Kate. get into Kate. Yeah. We get into the, the toilet humor aspect of things. So Norbit goes, we did everything together. We used to write, play in the sandbox together, go poop together. Cut to a fucking scene of them holding hands, going poop on the toilet right next to you. Where are two toilets where there's not like a <laughs> dividing wall to where you can just sit? And they're hella small too. They're yeah. like child size. You never so, been to an orphanage bathroom? Bro, I mean, I, I've i been to a couple. <laughs> it's, and like, they, it's like 12 Just toilets. straight up toilets, yeah. no dividers. They really want to dehumanize them before they ship them out, right? <laughs> um, but, you know, and maybe that's why Norbit develops his, uh, his fucking accent. In his adulthood, when he doesn't have it as a kid, is all the trauma from Mr. Wong in the in the orphanage. But yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, Kate ends up getting. Does she get adopted? Kate or gets adopted yeah. like two weeks after they met, and then Norbit's like left distraught, and you know, uh, essentially Rasputa forces him to be his boyfriend. She, yeah, you, after she saves him from some bullies. You're aware of the Debo trope, right? The what? Debo trope. Wait, what's Debo? So Debo, like. Debo's, oh God, is it? No, it's, oh no, it's not Boys in the Hood. I'm fucking so bad. Black people are going to crucify me for this. I can't remember the you name You look of the it movie. up. We can um, take a break. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to just riff it. The, the act of Deboing an, a nigga or a person would be like, you need to come up out your shit. So pretty much, <laughs> so pretty much Rasputa pretty much came in and she's, she's like, you my boyfriend now. And Norbert was like, ah, uh, uh, Alright. And you know, that that's pretty much the lead up. But for some yep. reason, and, and I bring up the the everyone, if you don't know Debo, please just look him up and then refer back to this next statement. Rasputa also has multiple brothers. Yeah. And they're all like they are all pretty much copy and paste of that Debo character that I'm referring to, except they're like way more wacky and fucking zany. Dude, like they, they, they don't even feel like, like gangsters as much <laughs> as they feel like, well, I mean gangsters. Yes. But like, they feel like Italian mobsters. Yeah. You see. know, like, like that's how sticky it feels. And the way that they're like, we run the, you know, everyone pays us. Like, yeah, just like yeah exactly. This is the fucking Godfather part two. Or yeah. Something. Real like, shit. It was taken on? to such an extreme and you forget like you, Hey, you forget one of them is even Terry Crews. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> and Terry Crews is a, that's the thing. He really like, he was an understated character 
actor for like I feel like a lot of years. Oh, absolutely. Like like White Chicks is a big role yeah. for him. Yeah. But um like even uh I really love him in Idiocracy. Yep. Yeah, uh, you know, he as plays the, president. the president yeah, um, yeah. of like the future dumb society. We we'll have to do an Idiocracy. Idiocracy, episode, bro. Great. That is amazing. I yeah. love that movie. Mike Judge, man, what a guy. Um but you know, this is before Brooklyn 99, I guess, which is maybe the thing that people know him from now. Right. Um but he's still in the pocket. I mean, I've always loved Terry Crews. Yeah, Terry Crews is going crazy. I mean, I just love the, he has that explosive energy to him, which he show gets to show a little bit in this. Yeah. But I think his his uh, positive traits as an actor becomes overshadowed by the fact that the, he's this, I wouldn't even say larger than life, but his character is just so out of the box and space that yeah. this movie provides yes. that you're just like, okay, Terry Crews and those fucking two other guys are just like, I, they're just... Well, and that that's the thing. This movie is set up in a way where it's like, you know exactly what the plot of this is going to be like 10 minutes in as well. Like, yeah. and it's not, not in the same way as are we done yet? Where you're it's like, not a good they're going to finish this house and there's going to be troubles along the right. way. It's like, no, there's this orphanage and Kate and Norbit want to keep running the orphanage, but they're both married to people who are evil. And want to do other things with the orphanage. And, and they have ulterior motives because of, you know, the other connections they have. Mm. And it's just like, you know exactly what the turn is going to be. And so, like, the whole time Terry Crews is, like, doing his shtick. And it's just like, it feels so weightless. Right, yeah. Um, because, yeah, it's none of this is really, really well yeah. executed in the script anyways. But he's doing the best he can with what he was given. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And I feel like... Um like, again, I want to provide more organi organization to the film, but it's because there's so much chaos in it that there's really nothing. It's, I mean, yeah, that's the problem is it's like, uh, you know, like Norbit and, and Kate, they get married or not Kate Norbit and Rasputa get, get married um, pretty early on. And there's just like a montage of them having sex and Norbit getting crushed Farting into the bed, in the bed being broken. Exactly. Just like it's, they're just dehumanizing Norbit the whole time. And, and it's just Eddie Murphy playing, the most pathetic he can like to a level that is actually like annoying. I yeah, think. Well, it's like we, uh, we had previously spoke before filming this, but I was like, man, I feel a lot like Eddie Murphy is fucking punching down hard. Like it's not good stick. Even for like two no. thousands era level of yeah. stick. Even if he's it, making fun of beta males here or some shit like that. Like yeah. you're also like, who's what's the fucking point of this? Yeah. Like, where's and, the, yeah. yeah. Where's the juxtaposition between any of the issues that Norbit had? And, and well, that's the thing. He doesn't have an issue besides the fact that he's married to Rasputa, Straight which he up. did willingly. Yeah. Anyways. And then also like, you know, he won't leave her cause he thinks she's pregnant or whatever. It's just like, it's, it's so bad. Like you just know the the wheels are going to fall off this thing, but mm. you know, any moment. Right. And even looking from it, <clears throat> looking at it from a non critical position, like you try to go into this as lighthearted as you can. Please comment and tell me if you could fucking actually enjoy this shit. Because I didn't, and I sure as hell know Louie didn't. Uh, or make it through this film. Because yeah. there were there were points where I was like, I could, I got the gist. Yeah, like, I could just, like, turn, it, I I could, just turn it off I here. could it's read our, the rest here. of the plot summary, <laughs> yeah. and, and nobody would know. Nobody yep. would be like, I've seen Norbit, and you got it wrong. Exactly. You oh, know? no, 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 no. That's not how it went. You see, Norbit's character wasn't driven by the fear. He was driven by the... There's none of that. There's no... I can't even really... Play play devil's advocate for for any of the actions that he takes it's not even like norbit's down so bad that this whole movie happens you know like or something like that mm. like it's just like 
Norbit is 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 less than a character, right? He is just like an object to to. Okay, we need we need to do this. We need to push Norbit around in this way. And right, yeah, yeah, just rough. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, on a, on, I don't I'll, even well, want to read through the plot. I'll get. I'll, I'll say one thing on a on a like a more writer's serious note, I suppose. Yeah. So what from what I understand, a lot of the times when you do characters, you want them to develop or have some sort of uh, exposition in a way, mm-hmm. uh, you you put them through struggles that aren't resolved by the plot. Like, it has yeah. to come from the character itself. But, like, again, that's the thing. Norbit is just a punchline, and there's no, right. there's no river for him to cross except for when they go, all right, well, Kate's back. Check that out. Isn't that crazy? Oh, no, the orphan is going to go under. And then this, uh, the ever-revolving snowball that hadn't really been going down slope because it's just a consistent straight line yep. of boom, Norbit, boom, fart. Oh shit. Respucia gets in the car and the car goes eh, all the way to one side and Norbit goes, ha, well, damn, Respucia. Like, <laughs> like, bro, come on, come on. Man. You're killing me. Let it sat through. You're <laughs> killing me. But, but you're right. I mean, it, you know, even the love story here, which is the grounded thing, right? The thing that should get us in. Maybe, maybe it's where you build some sympathy from Norbit. Like, uh, he can't fuss up to the girl he likes, you know? Like, mm. maybe that's the one place he could be relatable. But it's just, even all the love scenes are, you know, the, because of the caricature that Eddie Murphy is doing as Norbit, he is undercutting any ounce of dramatic weight that, that could be there. Right. Um. And, and honestly, if he had just, like, if Norbit was just Eddie Murphy no like like maybe a little bit of a wig or something to make him look a little nerdy mm. but like they played him just like as as Eddie Murphy a little more maybe it would have worked like that that's that's my thought here right. it's like if he was more of an every man um and e- even if the plot is throwing in crazy things at him all the time and he's responding in weird ways like he would at least be grounded and this is who I am instead of like also being a pushover for, for everyone and then, like, not even having his own grounding. Either. Right. It's just, yeah. I mean, there could have been, like, an emotional callback there. Like, like Norbitz has abandonment issues, and that's why he responds the way he does. He doesn't stand up for himself, this, that, and the third. Or he, they could have portrayed Norbit to be more of the character he, I thought, I thought, or the character that they thought he should have been, which is, like, nerdy, you know, right. shy reserved, except... You don't get any of that character again because he's more of a comic relief than a character. At mm-hmm. all. And even calling back to uh, Are We Done Yet? Chuck has more character development and like exposition yeah, than the, Norman the, does the entire film. Oh, yeah. And that's a side character in a fucking. But, but, but you're right because every character in this movie is comic relief. Mm-hmm. Like, like there is no nothing else other than that. Right. And. Yeah. Maybe that would work again if this was a world built on absurd rules mm-hmm. and didn't play by reality or the normal conventions of a Hollywood film. But it does. Yep. It wants to be a rom com mm-hmm. and like an outrageous comedy, and it does neither well. Right, right. They play too hard on the raunchiness of it. But again, I think that was Eddie Murphy and his toilet humor at the time, especially when you have like the nutty professor oh, yeah. again, which we spoke about earlier. Um, he, I feel like in his mindset, he's like, hey, man, whatever. If this this is what works for people, we could give it to him. Dude, Which is I mean, like, that is partially 
uh, like our fault as a consumer yes. for encouraging that type of shit. Right. But also, you know, <clears throat> Eddie Murphy is a comic. Not only just as not only is he a comic, but he's also an actor. Right. So he should be as aware as us as consumers that like Dude, yeah. this shit ain't fucking hidden. He's a legendary stand up comedian. Like if anything, he should know what types of jokes play well with an audience I mean, or not. And his stand up is not all about punching down. No. And it's not even about really any of the humor that he runs with in films. Maybe because his content is a little less lighthearted on the uh, like actual stand-up like stage type mm-hmm. type deal, but I'm curious where the mistranslation was between his acting projects and his stand-up. You know, there. Don't yeah. get me wrong though; they're funny Eddie Murphy roles and and movies that he's in. They're actually definitely really good. But we really have to <clears throat> look at Norbit and just be like, what the fuck. Was this and who thought this was a great idea? But I think you identified something really good. It's that like there was this low hanging fruit that like all comedians were going for mm-hmm. in the in the 90s and the early 2000s where, you know, it's it's all it's the gay jokes. It's the fat jokes. It's the racist jokes. It's the sexist jokes. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like it's all the things that are about otherizing people and punching down, but was like seen as like an okay enough thing to do. Like, cause we were all in on the joke apparently. Right. Yeah. Um, when realistically, like this is what it leads you to, like maybe your first movie doing like throwing in a couple of those jokes is fine, mm-hmm. but eventually you get to the point where you're, you know, out of ideas of what you think is comedically funny. Okay. What do people want? And then you just shit out like this. And it's just, I mean, Eddie Murphy is doing, what are the most racist caricatures of an Asian, you know, person in, in on film. Right. Mm-hmm. But like you give him some like leeway. Cause you're also like, he's kind of winking at it and being like, Oh, like, like he's addressing the fact that he's black playing like, like into <laughs> yeah. other stereotypes. Yeah. And he's like, I'm a stereotype. So isn't it crazy that I'm doing that? But he's stereotyping his own people. Mm-hmm. Like it's, this thing is just all over the place. Yeah. I, I don't even know how you, well, there's, you really there's uh, you know, no restraints or restrictions on who you could and couldn't make fun of at the time. Right. So, and I feel like, especially in his position, uh, if I was going to do a, a Chinese representation of a Mr. Wong and do it like that, I would think, you know, it's okay if we hit on the stereotypical black tropes a little bit harder in this just because there's we're taking shots at other groups <laughs> in a very strong way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. I mean, I don't. I think equality should be something we fight for that's better than just we all get shit on the same. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but, we're all in this shit. Let's just start shitting on each other, baby. Fuck it. Feels like a very crabs in a bucket type thing, that, right? That's that's very um, you know two thousands. It's very nineties. Absolutely know? is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, there's a reason why, like we said, Eddie Murphy doesn't keep making films. Like you know, he, he, the bottom falls out on a lot of these, mm-hmm. and he goes away for a while. I mean, I him and Mike Myers both took a big break, right? Yeah. To readjust, you know, with with Murphy at least he he talks about spending time with his family, mm-hmm. um, but. I mean, and then they, they've both returned now. And the, it's interesting to see what they're doing because, you know, Eddie Murphy came back with um, Dolan, Dolomite is my name. Yeah. Um, and 
that is a really great role for him because he is playing into the the shtick, the crazy character stuff, but it does have this grounded story of like who Dolomite actually was. Like this this artist, like you know, like like working on these films, struggling to get them put up and, and putting everything he had into them. Right, yeah. Um, but then he's also like what he did coming to America, the, the sequel. Oh yeah. And I, I, I didn't see that, but um, you know, it was it's one of those things that you think like you hear it and you're like oh that should be a big hit and then it kind of just like releases on streaming and then nobody talks mm-hmm. about it yeah because you only really i saw that on prime video and i was like could be good but no no i didn't even know this is a thing so i'm kind of yeah. not inclined to watch you know and that's the problem with uh with streaming sometimes it's like you know something needs to build a reputation before it can uh you know become that like it, before it can be put on streaming, it, you know, when you start on streaming, it's just harder to build up that audience entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I mean, <clears throat> we should just talk about some of the side players here. Uh, Marlon Wayans is in this. He's playing the aerobics instructor that is, uh, you know, cheating on uh, cheating with Rasputa because he has like ideas for his career. Mm-hmm. Needs to get the connections that um, was a big Jack has, has got. Um, you know, Marlon Wayne's pretty funny. I, I in yeah, this, um, yeah, I, I think he's like, it's it's rough because like when he's first introduced, he is kind of playing up the the homophobia of like you know I'm a gay aerobics dancer or whatever, mm-hmm. but um, it doesn't feel hateful either in that same way. It just feels like low hanging fruit again right. of just like this is how these people act and them acting like this is inherently funny, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like he's really saying hateful things. Yeah, it's not a characterization of what, you know, representing, of what he's trying to represent, I right. guess you should you could say. But, I mean, then again, the Wayans brothers did, like, White Girls, and it was done tastefully. The only thing in there is the fucking part where they're singing, uh, they get all the white girls in the car to sing along to the song. And oh, they're in the back making my way downtown. <laughs> crossing. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... But, like, honestly, that was all tastefully done, but that was because they stayed very close to the yeah. plot. And then everything else that was wacky and zany was in the moments where the plot wasn't, like, super dense or super thick. You and know? It, they did the scary movie uh, films, yeah. too, right? Because, yeah, yeah. like, those, I mean, I, I haven't seen them in a long time, but at least, like, you know, they birthed that whole genre of, of parody movie. Yeah, um, and, yeah. you know, they, they at least were doing that well enough, like, yeah. for... A, you know, it, there's like six of those, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and even to look at it from like an outer, like a oh, aside from this being funny, it is taking shots at the uh, the repetitive nature of like horror films. Oh yeah, repetitive nature of like oh oh shit! I start a movie with my two white homies, and we see a black guy, and I go, I bet you money he's about to fucking die, <laughs> and yep. he fucking does because what you know for some reason that's the thing, but. And then the, followed by the blonde girl and then the fucking so on and so forth. Whoever so, has sex gets killed. And, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but that's where, you know, Norbit didn't do any of its due diligence. I feel like. Right. So, uh, yeah, another, uh, good player in here. We've got Cuba Gooding Jr. Showing up, uh, playing Dion. He's Kate's wife. Um, husband, husband, yeah, yeah. Uh, already married. That's right. Yeah. Hut wife. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyways, uh, he's, he's good. I mean, there, there's not really much for his role to do other mm. than to look like a charming guy. Right. Right. Yeah. He does have a funny bit, I guess at the end where all of his ex wives and baby mamas show up, um, and you know, kind of yell at him. Mm-hmm. 
It's okay. That's, yeah. I'm not gonna lie to you. I, when I when that came across, I was still just like, I, stone I at that point I, exactly. I was just like, all right, like sure, that's <laughs> cool, happening. cool. I, I, I exactly. I was not laughing. Right. Um. I think it was just less bad than the other things here. Absolutely. Yeah. That's that is one thing that I'm sorry, guys. We're just talking fucking shit about Norbit, but you know, you rewatch it and you tell me what you, you know, think. There is a scene in this movie where a pony is being ridden by some kids mm. and Norbit's looking at the pony and Norbit oh feels God. like the pony. You yeah. Know, the, and po- then the, the pony's pony, like crying. The pony starts crying. Yeah. yeah. I felt like that pony watching Norbit. Yes. You're, you're, you know? you're led on a little spinning carousel thing and you're just being fucking mounted by Norbit and all of its yeah, terrible I'm just, tropes. I'm stuck on this two hour ride. I know there's no end. Yep. And even right now, I know people are staring at me having this experience, <laughs> like, like yes. and enjoying it yep. while I have to be miserable. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Know? Exactly. It's, it's god awful. Me and you both were like that pony at that <laughs> circus. <laughs> me and you both, dude. Uh, yeah. Bap, bap, bap. So, so we also have uh, in the cast, we have Cat Williams. Um, and I'm already, I don't have the fucking names in front of me, so I only remember Cat Williams. Yeah, name. that's pretty much the same. That's what I was gonna say that Cat Williams was a good uh cameo, I, I suppose. Yeah, it's like, uh, all the cameos in this film were probably like the best part about it. Oh, yeah. Say. Well, it, it, the other guy's Eddie Griffin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Fuck, I forgot. Just about both Eddie great comedic actors, but yep. you are right. It's like they've st- they've you know cast a great supporting team here, but to do what? Yeah, nothing. Yeah, that's <laughs> a whole lot of whole lot of nothing. But it's a, you know it was probably like a a buddy type deal. Like Eddie Murphy was like, "Hey, brothers, yeah, hop on this shit real exactly. quick. You don't really have to do much, but you know, general consensus, I'm pretty much uh, like, nah, I won't even. I'm not going to disrespect Norbit too much. I was about to go all the You're way. Not going to disrespect Norbit? No, dude, I'm not going to disrespect. Is that not Norbit what we're here much. to do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it feels like I was born to do that, but you know. <laughs> We we defy our destinies. You were you were thrown out of a car, in in front of a Chinese restaurant slash orphanage, so that you could rag on Norbit. Yeah, that may stand a test. Like that's a no, that's a testament to my racial ambiguity. That's why you know <laughs> <laughs> nobody can ever really know what race I am exactly. Exactly, who threw me out of the car? You'll you never know. know <laughs> Was it a white person and a black person? Was it a Jewish and a black person? You, the world will never know. Oh, that's good. Oh, man, I really want to be done talking about Norbit. I know. I'm I'm being honest here. Uh, Rasputin's got a line, uh, how you doing? That's her uh, How you doing? We got to talk about them going to the water park, I think. That's just like. Dude, yeah. Eddie Murphy in his CGI (laughs) bikini in a fucking fat suit. Listen, people say that Medea is not funny and it's cringe and stuff. But like Eddie Murphy really went full to the bat with this shit and loved every second of it. And not to mention like he had to, I mean, t- to make the character like weight actually makes sense. Like the fact that she's constantly fucking up bed frames right. and cars, you yes. really had to sell the obesity. But at the same time, like a bro, no, no one in their right fucking mind is going to send shots like that fucking hard. It's just not funny. Like, yeah, I, like, just, just what is funny about like she eats too much food so she doesn't fit in her car and then she blames Norbit because she's too fat and she doesn't like it's just it's like she's not self-aware enough to know she's the reason she's fat. 
Well, she knows. That's, I mean, I think the way they even play it is like, she just won't acknowledge that. Yeah. Right? Like that's right. her fallacy of the world. But even then, like that doesn't work either. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Nor- Norbin and Vanessa, like, or, you know, they're, they, they kind of start dating after this in secret. Um, I don't even, do I really need to do all this? <laughs> I mean, they lock, let's, let's get to that. They lock fucking Norbit in a basement. They're like, Norbit, you're going to fuck up this wedding. We got to marry Kate to fucking Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character, Dion. Mm-hmm. And, and just, you know, after that, everyone's going to own the orphanage. We'll renew the liquor license and then kick you guys the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Um, and Norbit somehow is able to actually pull together and make one choice in his life. And, is able to unfoil it somehow. <laughs> Cause why not? You know, yeah. I can feel the, just dis- like the disdain in your voice as you're speaking about it's this. Just, I'm just, I'm losing any, you know, care to keep going with this podcast as I talk Dude, about Norbit. This is the Norbit effect. The, yeah. I, I mean, I picked a year with Norbit in it. Like I knew this was in the, it cards. was, yeah, it was foretold. But you know, I just can't. It was a very harrowing experience. Everybody, that's all I have. To I could say agree. Is, I could agree with that. Yeah. I mean, you feel like less than a human watching the this fact movie. that I had to do it like a second time over, and probably almost fifteen years later. Oh fuck! Did I'm not, sorry, man. Didn't hit well, dude. I am sorry. But the things that you do for love and friendship, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh man. Yep. That. Not not many more notes for me either. It's just you know it's fun when the when uh when they kind of stall the wedding a little bit. Yeah, it's okay. I I honestly I'm in the same boat. I mean I I don't even think I laughed once. That's the thing. It's yeah. It's just it's you're so thoroughly broken by the end of this. Like laughing is not on the table. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. I mean it's kind of like you said. You you start to feel as dehumanized as Norbert is the entire film after watching it oh man yeah thank you norbit cinema span hates norbit sorry eddie murphy norbit has thoroughly broken me um and so with that jay where can everybody find you everybody can find me on youtube at nico mac and the loft uh the loft 818 specifically apparently i found this out today there's two other lofts one of them is the loft tv and the one is a fucking channel with two subs from like 14 years yeah, ago. Well, so, so Jay came up to me with an idea for like a video game uh, YouTube channel type deal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and I was interested in, in uh, but he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm you know, it, it very much. You were like, I'm naming it this. This is what the thing is. I'm like, cool, I'm on. Like, but yeah. I'm not the, the one making that choice. I definitely yeah, Googled yeah. the loft just to be like, what happens when you Google these words, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like a couple other things, but also it seemed like one, one of the major loft projects up there wasn't crazy popular. No, too. None of them are really going crazy. I mean, so, not to toot our own horns or anything, but our shorts got more views in their entire, entire channel. So oh, nice. Let's just be real. Let's just be real. But that's hey, very cool. Um, you guys can find me at Nico Mac and us at the loft. Um, even if you don't enjoy games, pop by. Yeah, hear us talk about some video games. Yeah. Shoot some shit, play a couple uh, loft plays. Yeah, hey, we're going to have the loft plays coming soon. You know Terraria what? inbound, boys. I'm going to be playing a, a, a ho-dunk hilly-billy farmer. <laughs> I'm going to go, God damn it, don't touch my crops. That, I, I, I love it. I'm, I'm already there for it. You're going to have to meet my fisherman character. I'm down. Who only plays fishing mini games within other games. Dude, you're one of those guys. 
that's what this guy is. I'm that's not. I'm, I'm, I'm playing is? a character, man. You're, oh, we're RPing deep yeah, in Stardew deep. Valley. Oh, I said Terraria, huh? Yeah. I did say Terraria. That's chill. <laughs> Fuck. But <laughs> shit. God damn it. We're, we're, I thought you were going to do a tar- Terraria playthrough Dude, as a hillbilly. It's we're doing it fun. now. We're fucking doing it now. Shit. Like, yeah. Like, that. that's a good role to bring into it, you know? It really is. I'm just mining and farming here. And nobody even knew that I was playing a character today, too. Wait, for real? You guys have to subscribe to my channels to find out what the actual character is. <laughs> Thanks. Find out who the real Nico Mac is. I'm Lewis Hilligus the Fourth. You can find me on social media. Follow Cinema Span on Letterboxd, Instagram, Twitter. You know the vibe. Yep, uh, you yep. can listen to this podcast wherever you are listening to it right now. The video edition is on YouTube as well. Thank you for listening. This has been Cinema Span. Woo! Ooh. Like and subscribe and drop a comment, please. Thank you.